What is up, guys? Welcome to episode nine of Crave the Book. Today is our Halloween episode, which is really exciting because in chapters 31 through 34 of Tracy Wolf's Crave series, we're going to be talking about Grace and Jackson and a lot of alone time that they spend outside watching the meteor shower. And then, of course, if you've read this far into the series, you know that something really intense happens when they share their first kiss. So let's go ahead and get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode nine of Crave the Book. Uh, today, Amber and I are going to be discussing chapters 31 through 34 of Crave. And a lot went on during these chapters. In fact, these are some of, uh, in my opinion, the most enjoyable chapters of the book because we still get a lot of that mystery and, and that mysteriousness um, before Grace knows all of the secrets of Catmere Academy. But there's there's also a lot of fun there. So um, we're going to be getting into some really, really fun topics on this particular podcast. However, there's this very specific sound that you should listen out for. Amber, do you want to tell them what that sound is? The sound that we do every single week is our little boundary, our limit to be able to say, okay, guys, everything after this point is probably going to be a spoiler. So if you have not read Crave, Crush or Covet and you are trying to remain relatively spoiler free as much as you can do with social media, um, just make sure to listen out for the noise that will be a wolf howl and it will tell you that everything afterwards will be a spoiler. So we don't want to ruin anybody's surprises for the rest of the books. Super duper fun, especially since it's it's our Halloween episode and the last thing that we want to do is give you spooky secrets. Um no! No! insert spooky random stock noise here. <laughs> Whatever it may be. <laughs> it's always gonna be the scream from Roller Coaster Cartoon. <laughs> Rollercoaster Tycoon had all the same screams. Ah. And every time I watch a, mo- a horror movie or a crime documentary, it's always the same, same scream. And it just reminds me of being a kid. <laughs> it's not scary at all. Oh, I've, I've got a collection of random noises, but I won't know what they are until I edit the podcast. So we're just going to fly off the handle with this one and, uh, you know. We'll throw them in in randomly and you guys get to laugh at us just knowing that we had no idea what these sounds would be until I edited it later later tonight. Um, couple Stella, of- input the noise of the <gasps> moon. Uh, insert moon sound here. <laughs> Sounds like, like an anime attack. Like, insert moon sound here. Power <laughs> of... Just- <laughs> I'm surprised to I'm surprised. I'm excited to to hear what moon noise you choose. <laughs> it's it's going to be a duck. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um 
Guys, also make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Crave Series Aesthetic. Last night I added some really cool Crave themed watercolor wallpapers. Uh, Amber and I both make a lot of really cool phone wallpapers and lock screens for you guys, which you can find infinitely in the wallpaper story highlight on our profile. So you can grab those, you can save them, and make sure that if you use them, you tag us, post post your lock screen to your story and tag us on Instagram so we can check it out um, because we love seeing how you guys use those lock screens and wallpapers. But guys, there was a lot to go over in these chapters. Let's get into it. I I'm really happy that some of these things happened during our Halloween episode because it just feels right um, that we get a little bit of that spookiness at the end of these chapters. But First of all, we start with, it's almost a, a Twilight-esque basketball game at Catmere Academy. The whole time I was just imagining Bella's uh, volleyball scene at the beginning of Twilight. <laughs> yeah. And they just see how just how feeble she is. <laughs> yeah. Like she, a ball. Macy's like, oh, you could have gotten a concussion. Like you could have died. You could have died. Who? Th what? What faction member do you think threw that ball? Was that like a werewolf throw? What? What was that? I like to think that it was like Cam just being a knob ahead of time. Just. Having he it out. Had what he had one cameo and then he's disappeared. Maybe it was Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he's Uncle like, let me back in. <laughs> I can win this game. <laughs> Poor Uncle and then completely, Phil. Completely misses. <laughs> we still haven't. We we are still waiting for. Um, I, I think we hit hit the hundred day mark like yesterday for court's release but for those who might be tuning in for the very first time uncle phil who brought grace to catbeer academy in his little plane we are really hoping that we get more from him because where did he go whose uncle is he how is he macy's uncle if he's macy's uncle he obviously he's obviously a part of the family who is uncle phil so we will not rest until we find out um so after our, our baseball scene, we get a lot of Grace basketball, being... Basketball, come on. Or basketball, baseball. Vampire baseball. No, basketball scene, we get a lot of um, Grace being kind of toted around by every member of uh, Jackson's little clique. It's <laughs> the little errand boys. They're... Just bringing her a coat, making sure she gets to class on time, bringing her an apple, you know. Is that just making sure she's okay? Is that like a, I add, is it dignifying for them to do that, or is it? Do you think it's I kind don't of, think so? Do, are they are they happy about? I mean, they don't. I wonder what he has over them, other than being a prince. But like, still as a prince, there is limitations on what you can request your des denizens to do. Is it fear? Is it is it like a fear thing? Like they are just doing it out of fear? Or is it a... Friendship. I think friendship. But also the thing that happened in the art room where he got kind of humiliated by Grace because he showed up, it only happened five hours ago. So <laughs> this is the, still the same day. So 
he he rustled the errands up quickly. Yeah, yeah, he was he was on that immediately. Um uh you know I I guess that it's 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 kind of sweet. I mean just knowing what he knows about the school and making sure that he has someone looking out for her and everybody's polite to her. I mean, it's not like the members of the order aren't polite, but it's kind of putting a big red target on her back as well because everybody's like, oh, look at her with with all of the, the members of the order. I'm sure that it doesn't look good on her either. No, she's literally being waited on like hand, foot and finger. And I think as a teenage girl, like I would probably be flattered but I would also feel quite threatened with that much attention. I'm not a very, like, wanting to stick out from the crowd person at all. So not really knowing where the next gesture of goodwill or friendship or or whatever is going to come from. And it's never going to come from the person that I initially wanted or was hoping for. It was just all his friends. It would be really bizarre. Um and I, and I don't know whether it would make me feel very comfortable. It's always like, oh, why are you hiding? I know that I told you off, but I told you off with good reason. And now you're hiding and sending your friends to bring me a coat? Yeah, because it's not like she's established her own friendship with them. It would be different if, you know, if she had already established a friendship. But these are virtually strangers to her. She's only had like one kind of conversation with them. And the conversation was taking place more around her in the in the cafeteria area. She she wasn't really involved in that conversation much. No, and it was that morning as well. Like we're still on the same day. So she's literally lit, met them that morning. She went through a very harrowing experience where she thought that she was gonna die in a tunnel because an earthquake was happening. Um realized that her boyfriend not boyfriend was really angry at her for going into the tunnels and not replying to a text and then all of a sudden she's got strange men bringing her gifts um and it looks like as well other than the order and macy no one else is talking to her at no all. yeah the whole school seems kind of kind of afraid um you you had had in the note earthquake conversation. I, I assume that this is where Macy just she doesn't yeah. seem she doesn't seem to know what's what's up, and I guess that kind of goes into spoiler topics a, a little bit. But you know, d- just to kind of keep things uh, easy for Canon. yeah, I, Macy doesn't seem to know what's going on. Like, no, not at all. She's she's very oblivious and. I think that they just think that they are normal earthquakes. Um, she even said that they've not had as many so close together and it must coincide with Grace coming. <laughs> Which is kind of true. I mean, yeah, it's to to go into spoiler-ish territory. It, it is kind of true. Um, but- Makes me wonder what the other reasons for the earthquakes before Grace showed up were. I'm I'm guessing Hudson. Bloody Hudson. Always to blame. I cannot. Poor man. I'm so ready for us to get to crush. I just <laughs> want to talk about Hudson. That's that's all I want to talk about. We can skip past Crave. I, and I know everybody's like, Crave is my favorite. I'm like, oh. No. No, I'm, 
I'm I'm all about Crush. I love that humor that's in Crush. Um, let's see. But yeah, she she um she was reading the texts from Jackson because she realized that she hadn't read them since she was like fired off a like load of texts in ah. the tunnels. Um, and she she didn't want to read them in front of them uh, in front of anybody, including Macy, because she didn't she didn't want to show how much he meant to her. Um, because apparently she tended to wear her emotions on her sleeve. When have we ever seen this from her? No, de- definitely, definitely not. Uh, maybe it's no, just she how she hides everything. She, it might maybe it's her how she perceives herself, though. I think sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Um, when I, I, I read that, reread that part today and, um, it made me laugh because I played the Crave game on chapters and, you know, you have to kind of use like your gems, which are a real currency. You have to pay real money for your little gems. And I just wanted to check out the game, um, you know, just kind of see what it was, but there are certain parts in the game where you have to pay for certain responses. And if you don't want to pay for them, it doesn't really impact the story at all. Um, but there's definitely a psychological aspect to the, to the chapters game. And in this particular part, you have the option to pay to read all of the text that Jackson sent you, or you can make Grace just delete them without looking at them. And I was like, well, I'm not going to pay. I'm just going to delete all these. <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't even get to look at them. <laughs> when, um, when I was reading Grace and Jackson's conversation, I have never been more aware of how much I text like a teenager um, compared to you. You, Starla like sends me messages and they're all in one long message with full stops and it's very succinct and to the <laughs> point. And then meanwhile, I'm like, bling, 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 yeah. Uh, and I've never been more aware and now I feel very, um, self, self-conscious how <laughs> I message people. No, don't, don't. It's, uh, you're, you're the only person who's allowed to do that. What I don't like is like, if I, if I have somebody who I've never talked to, when they're sending me like their MLM like information, hey girl, pading, <laughs> I've got a great business opportunity for you, pading. I just want to talk to you about Beachbody, pading. I think that you'd be great for it, pading. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is, I am unnaturally prepared to be an MLM. <laughs> yeah. You are ready. You you yes. have an amazing opportunity for us. Um, <laughs> but. No, it's, it's, it's always just the thought that I've never actually completed. It's just, <laughs> it's just a single idea. And then I realized I needed to develop it. And then I send a second one. And then I'm like, oh, I forgot that as well. And then I send a third one. Um, yeah. Well, I, uh, I usually press enter before I've finished a thought. There's a different tone to it. I think that when you're a fast thinker, it's easier to do text blasts because you will forget things. I am a more, I'm a slow thinker. I will type out my entire message and then before sending it, I will like look back through it and try to fix um, typos and things. That way I don't have to spend more time later correcting what I have said. Um, <laughs> I don't think that there's a more efficient, you know, n- neither way is more efficient. I just think that teenagers are also fast thinkers. Um, yeah. I also tend to over, uh, over edit. If I am, 
if I'm writing like a paragraph to send as one single message or like an email, I feel like people panic when they see long messages because they think, oh no, I'm in trouble. Something's happened or this is a serious conversation rather than just, they're just putting all of their thoughts into one place. Um, So whenever I saw a long message, I was like, (gasps) so I decided never to send one. Um, But if I'm sending one, I over edit and then I kind of second guess myself. And then through that thought process, I just press backspace for the entire thing and never send it. Because I'm like, no, I'm overthinking it. I don't, I feel like I'm spending way too long over this issue. So I'm just going to not send it. Delete. And I do exactly the same with comments. You don't panic when I send you long messages, do you? Because they're usually stupid. <laughs> uh, no, um, but I, 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 the full stops took a while to get used to because full stops to me is a very abrupt, like, I don't have room in this conversation for you to reply. Um, so I had to learn very quickly that that was just your way of ending, whereas my punctuation are smiley faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I've always, I I don't know. I I think that because I've always like written, I've part of my job is writing. Um, it's just kind of my brain doesn't even think it just does it. So, but I think that, I think the most important thing is to always have somebody in your life that you have a different writing style with, so that you know that that writing style isn't necessarily a toxic trait. Um, because mine could be conceived as a toxic trait just as much as yours could be because quick fire succession messages could be seen as rather demanding, very urgent, um, suffocating. Um, and then yours can be very triggering where people like have that anxiety of, oh no, it's a long email from my boss and I'm in trouble. Um, just having as many conversations with normal non-toxic people then kind of reduce that feeling of fear that that writing a style has a specific outcome or hold, like a hold over you yeah um so now i don't actually get as fearful of full stops <laughs> <laughs> i'm not, i'm not going to i'm not going to smack you with a ruler <laughs> no um but yeah like whenever i'm writing an email if i use a full stop the next sentence has to have an exclamation mark otherwise i sound too serious and i think that i'm like telling them off i'm i'm bad with lols and emojis i just kind of use those to break the tension i will be i will be staring at my phone with just a blank like straight up double chin turtle face laying in bed (laughs) and i will type like 10 laugh face and lol and i'm sitting there not laughing at all but it's yeah like the thing that actually makes you laugh is maybe uh, at most a snort like an indignant snort like a (laughs) but you're sending like 10 rolling on the floor laughing emojis exactly um yeah (laughs) oh um so Speaking of emotions. Speaking of emotions, Grace is walking through the castle. She decides that after class, she's going to go on another magical adventure. Um, and she walks past a kid in a room. Well, first she walks past some people playing uh, or fencing, um, which I really wish it's we bizarre. could. I would have loved to have gotten more of that in, in Catmere <laughs> Academy. I would love to see like a Jackson Hudson fencing face off. Um, say, say that 10 times fast, 
but uh, with a mouthful of marshmallows. Yes, that's that should be our our new challenge, guys. It is the new crave challenge with a mouthful of marshmallows. You must say, Jackson Hudson fencing. What was it? Face, face off. off. Face off. Jackson Hudson facing fencing face. but uh she walks past a classroom where someone's playing saxophone and they're playing autumn leaves which stirs up all kinds of emotions uh amber are you familiar with this with this little ditty i think so but then again i might be completely wrong (laughs) you didn't go and look it up like while reading no i didn't either i have no idea what it is um i but i did put it it is the 12th song uh, mentioned in Crave. So I have been, for those who don't know, I have been adding in all of the songs uh, that are mentioned in Crave into a big list. And at the end, I'm going to make an official, like, Crave the Book podcast book one playlist because there are a lot of Crave themed playlists, but most of them either don't have the songs in order or they don't have all of the songs, including the ones that Finn has as like the school, like the school bell and, bell, and, yeah. and things like that. Or they have the songs, but then it's like songs that reminded the person of Crave. And I don't want that either. I want all only... the original. They like put covers in of yeah. them so that they. <laughs> exactly. I want the originals. I want all of the songs. So this is actually the 12th song mentioned in the book it's gonna be a very strange strange playlist because it's gonna be like super high poppy watermelon sugar harry styles and then just like classical sex with yeah the autumn leaves and then van morrison yeah yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a very strange playlist um but very enjoyable to listen all the way through for i think mostly the novelty of it oh yeah oh yeah and then for anybody it's not who's- one you go running with yeah, for anybody who was like, oh, what the heck was that song? What's the song that's being mentioned? And that was me for a majority of these songs. You know, it's like the older songs. I- I'm not that old, but the older songs were the ones that I knew because it was like, you know, crap my parents played when I was a kid. But then I'm like, Harry Styles? Who the hell is Harry Styles? And you I- can believe you didn't know who Harry Styles was. He's everywhere. I had to look it up. I had no idea. Like, and now you've knitted his cardigan and everything. Uh, yeah. Now now I've got like the body pillow and everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so Grace is, is going around the castle. She's exploring. She's getting emotional uh, from the music. And she finds this cool little alcove. She, which... she runs away. Yeah. She, she hears this music. And because it reminds her of her father, and she's not heard it since he was alive, uh, she says it floors her. And she has to just bolt and find, like, a quiet place so that she could just break down and no one sees um, because she wears her her emotions on her sleeve, yeah. um, so she finds so she finds this alcove and just breaks um, and cries and cries and cries and cries, and then surprise, Jackson! I, Yay, man! I that is the worst when you are crying and someone you look up and there is someone there and they have not announced their presence. And you and you haven't just been like weeping. You have been sobbing uncontrollably, and and I think I don't think it was for minutes. It was for hours because she said that it had been long enough 
for the sun to go completely down. Um, so she had she had been there for quite some time. So she must be red faced, blotchy, puffy eyes, dehydrated, all all those great looking attractive features in a female. Um, just in time for Jackson to make an appearance and do nothing. He just stands there. <laughs> How does it feel? That's <laughs> <laughs> such a creepy sentence. How does it feel? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the thing is, I've known so many guys who have been like that, but it's like, I've never seen a, a guy who's genuinely, who genuinely has like that much, you know, I don't know self-awareness it's more like i've been around guys who pretend to have that much self-awareness like i i think that some of our younger audience will probably connect with this if if you're in school i'm sure you all know that but and, and amber please let me know if it's the same way uh across the <laughs> pond but there were always these boys that were just so brooding but in a really cringy way like like the boys who sufferable yeah like they would we had the ones who would like quote the joker and like i have a demon inside <laughs> me that none of you understand like oh <laughs> uh, no you don't you're just uh full of testosterone that you don't know where to put right now <laughs> <laughs> and please don't put it anywhere near me yeah find find somewhere else for that yeah um here's a flower pot go on <laughs> I think that I think that everybody around that age, they have really found the the like blooming emotions within themselves, whether they be good, bad, powerful, like everybody wants to have that sense of I am more powerful than anyone knows. And I want the world to know how powerful I am. The downside to that <laughs> is that everybody feels that way. Everybody wants to express themselves. Everybody wants to stand out. Everybody is finding who they are. And when you have a bunch of, of, you know, teens who are finally deciding who they are inside uh, as adults and w their place in the world, not everybody can be, you know, not if everyone is special, then no one is special. Exactly, exactly. So it's really hard for me to read scenes like this and take them seriously. I almost have to imagine the <laughs> characters as being a little bit older than what they are in order to in order for this to hit. Because when I'm thinking of them as being 17, I'm thinking of when I was 17 and, oh, sweet God, nobody would want to read that book. Angsty. Oh, God. Like, how much eyeliner can I draw? Can I just put straight <laughs> eyeliner on my eyelid before it gets goopy and drips? <laughs> like, yeah. We didn't have makeup tutorials uh, a couple years ago. Or a couple years ago, we just had to be angsty on we the didn't fly. have baby sarian back then we yeah. just had a mirror and we pretended to know which makeup we needed and therefore i definitely did not put the right color foundation on my face <laughs> no like yeah or I, my neck head head and neck two totally different colors um <laughs> but and then when you'd lift your hands up to your face <laughs> <laughs> oh god um we were so attractive i I wish I, I wish that, well, maybe someday we can show them, uh, show them pictures. Like, I, I don't even. Oh, I thought, I, I'm so glad you said that because I, for the, for a minute then I thought that you were going to 
suggest doing a naughty's makeup tutorial. Oh God, no! I, this is how we did our eyeliner. I've this thought is of- how we did our eyeshadow. Oh God, I thought about doing that. Like how how we did makeup before YouTube. It was bad. I don't want to put it on and my our face. Hair. Our hair was the worst. Oh, it was dead. My hair was dead. <laughs> I I fried my hair. It's still pretty fried, but it was way worse then. Um. So here's a question for you. A, a boy catches you crying. You're, a, you're an emotional mess. He wants you to go into his room. Do you go? Oh, I, I, I would have stopped the conversation before then when he says, how does it feel? And I would say wet and walk away. <laughs> Just have him standing there completely puzzled and not knowing exactly yeah. what you meant. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, um, I also like I maybe I would walk in. I don't know. It depends on how he left it. Like the fact that he had walked in and then he did come and pop his head back out and was like, Are you coming? Um, if he had just left me to make that decision myself, I probably would have just walked away for that satisfaction of knowing that maybe he's gonna turn around and go, Oh, she's not there. <laughs> I'm I'm very direct. I would be I would be like popping my head in the door and being like, Am I supposed to follow you? <laughs> Am I supposed to come with you? Should I stay out here? Um Yeah. So Grace goes into Jackson's room. <laughs> Do you have somewhere I can powder my nose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which means something completely different in America, apparently. Um <laughs> So I even uh, asked my husband and he was like, no, it means like, go to the toilet, like <laughs> toilet, toilet. <laughs> uh, no, in America, everything, everything gets turned to the context of, of drugs that don't you know, don't you know? <laughs> uh, um, so one thing about Jackson's room that we've we've brought it up before. Grace is, talks about his drum set, and this is the only time that we get anything about Grace knowing how to play the drums. So she's talked a little bit about how she used to be really into languages, and now, you know, we, we didn't get a whole lot of that other than her. And rec- she left her drum kit. She had to she had to, to leave her drum kit in San Diego. Yeah. So it's almost like who... Who exactly was Grace before Catmere Academy, before her parents died? Like, I'm I'm actually kind of curious who she would have been. Was she like a, a more artistic and creative person? Like, because she played drums, she painted, she she was into languages, she read a lot. Like, what? It's really weird that she I went- think she would, she was and she would have been, but she's still going through that process of grief I mean, losing your parents, you're not going to get over it within a month. No. Um, and as except for her grief and schoolwork and all of the like shenanigans that's going on over Catmere, I don't think she really has much time or soul left to do any of the things that she previously enjoyed. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I am going through that process of, of grieving, and it doesn't matter whether it's a family member or a pet, you feel guilty for smiling or having a good time after they've passed away because you feel, oh, I should, I should be grieving. I should be sad because they're no longer here. 
um, instead of realizing that, no, they would still want me to smile. They would still want me to go and do the things that I love. They would still want to see me draw. They would still want to see me read and have fun and see my friends. Um, even if I don't feel up to it at that moment, if I'm out with them and I'm enjoying it and I'm happy, then I don't, I, I have something to feel guilty about because I'm supposed to be in that sad hole. Um, so maybe she's still in that sort of process where she hasn't allowed herself to have fun yet. That's true. I, I think that there, and, but you know, for anybody who's going through that, I think that the more healthy thing to do is to dive into something. Um, when my, my grandma passed away, uh, last August or the, the August before last, I started writing a book, uh, which actually comes out. Uh, what day does it come out? Oh, darn it. What day did I say? January 14th. Um, which if you want to learn more about it, you can find it at explorethechannel.com. But and I pre orders on November 14th. Uh, hopefully. I, I think that November 14th will be the day. So you'll be able to get in on that and, and pre order it to make sure that you get a copy. But there is a web store available now with merch. But anyway, um, yeah. So, when when my grandma passed away, what I didn't want was to live in a world where she did not exist. I, I wasn't like suicidal or anything. I mean, I have a, a husband and a daughter um, who I have to think about as well. But I didn't want to be in this world. I wasn't happy with this world. It was in the middle of the pandemic. Um, things were very, very stressful. So I decided to create my own world. I, I wanted to be absorbed in a different world because this world was too much for me to bear. So I created one that I could tolerate, one where I could write how I felt. And I feel very and much... how you could control. Yeah. As I, well, you could control it completely. Absolutely. And sometimes it didn't do things that I wanted it to do. Sometimes I wrote scenes where... <laughs> My main character did things I didn't want her to do, but I looked at the page and I realized like, wow, I did not, this is not what I intended to happen, but it happened. Um, and I think that it's that way with anything creative, whether you're writing music, uh, Amber, uh, since I just shouted out my book, Amber, you should shout out your, uh, your brand just so people can kind of get an idea of what you do on your creative side. But I assume it's the same for you, right? When you're feeling a little down. Uh, yes, but if, if anything, I think that there's certain emotions that you should not draw with. Um, so I, I create lifelike portraits of purebred dogs. So I go through all of the different breeds of dogs and make sure that there's merchandise available for the people that couldn't normally find those breeds in the stores. Um, so I... I can't draw when I'm angry, for example, because it, you can tell that the drawing is angry <laughs> um, and, and no one wants to buy that. Um, sad, um, I will try and draw anything other than something I need to draw just in case it comes out wrong. But I definitely need to be in the mood to draw. And if I am not, I can tell. Like I can just sit there and the drawing's just not coming to life. It just is, it's just not working. Um, and sometimes I have to come away from it and do something else. And usually that's something that like is very cathartic. So for example, I could delete a load of listings on my website that, um, are no longer relevant. Um, like almost clearing the cobwebs out, um, of my job. Um, but yeah, it, it, other than that, 
I think that I'm a very creative person anyway. So um, I sad bake. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me too. I'm a I will sad bake all day. Um, I'm particularly brownies. Um, so if I'm if I'm particularly sad, I will bake a double chocolate fudge brownie. Um, which my husband is very happy to receive. He's like, I know that you're sad, but can I lick the bowl? I I never want to eat what I've baked when I if I sad bake. I sad bake and then I don't want to eat it. I just wanted well, I mean, to bake I, it. Like, <laughs> I put it into my mouth and you could tell that I'm just like, mm, really want this. <laughs> just like, but I'm going to eat it because I'm sad and I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> well... Guys, here's there's uh, some more tried and true advice from Amber and Starla. If you are feeling angry, down, clean, yeah, you angry, can, clean, and sad bake. Angry, clean, sad break, bake. Find your find your creative outlet or whatever it may be that makes you feel better, uh, so you can get through these things. Because a lot of the time, you know, death and breakups, nothing's going to instantly take the pain away. But you can find things that help you to get through it just a little bit easier by distracting your brain a little bit. Um, but yeah. And, and if your creative process is your job as well, sometimes it's better to actually step away um, and do something else creative. Um, so for example, if you are like me, I went out with my camera and I took pictures of my dog just out in the woods. I mean, it was still relative to work. I could maybe one day draw those or I could use them as social media posts or something like that. But I I, just, I needed to get out of the house and I needed to do something different to what I normally do in my job. I mean, most most places would give you bereavement leave um, and I almost didn't allow myself that. Um, but I actually, did, I physically said, no, I, I need to get up and go out and do something else. Um, and I also knew that my granddad would be looking down on me and being so proud of my business that I I didn't need to stop to grieve him because in fact I was doing him a service or doing I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't pick it back up and start again and do the best I could. If I just gave it all up out of sadness, I think he would be so disappointed in me. Yeah. And, and once the grieving passes, you would be disappointed in yourself as well yeah. for, not, for not being consistent. But, um, I know that you guys hear a lot of us on the podcast. However, if for, I mean, we don't get paid for the podcast and we don't run any ads yet, but hopefully someday we get picked up for some, you know, small advertising, maybe by Audible or something. But, um, yeah, if you guys ever want to support our businesses outside of the podcast to ensure that we're still able to eat occasionally and uh, have a roof over our heads. Um, buy brownie mix. <laughs> yeah, buy brownie mix. Uh, I've got a book coming out in January called The Channel, and you can find that at explorethechannel.com. And then, Amber, do you want to plug your business super quick? Which you can shop from Amber now. Amber has... She she has products available for the holidays. I do. I have blankets and cookie cutters and all sorts. So I have a website, which is ambermariestudio.com. My Instagram is at ambermariestudio.com. I have a Facebook page called <laughs> at ambermariestudio. Um, and I also have a VIP group. So if you would like to see a bit more of my personal side and see my dog Pixel a lot more, um, we are called the Amberholics Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can, uh, I'm sure that most of you have dogs. So 
check it out. Support us yeah. over the holidays. Um, but speaking of sketches, which is what Amber does, the sketch, Amber. This sketch brings, I mean, just because we've read Covet, like the sketch just makes me mad now because the scene in Covet makes me mad. But the the sketch, um, I had no idea what the hell it was when she first referenced it. Did you, did you know, I had to Google it and I, I wasn't able to find the original sketch until I played the Crave game on Chapters, which for those who haven't seen the original, I will flash it on the screen for our uh, YouTube viewers. Um, so Sexy, if, right? If, if you saw that, you would be you you would be so flattered that he thought that that was you, right? Remind? Does it remind you of Grace? Is this is no. this is this Grace? Um, <laughs> no. But uh, did you did you know this 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 art when you were reading? I had no idea. Um, so I knew of Gustav Klimt before. Yeah. Um, he has very famous like work. So I was imagining it to be really gaudy and um distorted like elongated bodies and like really strangely turned heads and things like that so i was really expecting it to be quite um hideous i like gustav klimt i like the kiss i like them i wouldn't hang them on my wall and i certainly would be quite offended if somebody bought a painting and said they looked like me yeah um but um yeah i I, when i was reading it i was like oh maybe he was klimt Oh, that that's a interesting theory. I I was confused by the whole thing. Like I didn't have theories. Like the, <laughs> I was like, that's how he's so rich. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that he was that he's just like rich boy, I can buy anything I want type thing. So I don't really And I decided to go for a really pretentious original sketch. Not even one that everyone knows. It's just like I'm just I'm a hipster Klimt lover, you know? <laughs> just like I liked him before he was cool. Yeah, because he doesn't seem to really care all that much about it. He's just like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That'd but then like- again, like it would I think it was a similar outcome to if a guy turned to the back page of your exercise book in class and saw that you had written Mrs. Westwood over and over and over again. Yeah, it's might be um have you have you got a thing for me? Maybe he thought that she would recognize herself in it. I don't know. I mean, not that we know what the real Grace looks like, but in all of the fan art that I've seen, she didn't look like <laughs> like, like like this. Um and then when I was maybe go- he has a distorted he probably has a distorted view of human bodies anyway the fact that he can't see himself. well he's an alien I mean <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's clearly an alien as Grace has said multiple times and mentioned I love how she commits to it as well it's like she doesn't just ask it and then chicken out when he's like sorry what excuse me are you an alien is she commits to the question she's like i don't care if i sound stupid this is the only theory i've got i'm going with it i mean at least it's not at least it's not bella like accusing him of being bitten by a radioactive spider which i find to be equally as absurd That's not that. Is, that's not the conclusion that I would come to at all in in either scenario. It's just it's, it, yeah. I mean, if if she was in a, I keep calling it a relationship because we know what's going to happen. <laughs> if she was in a relationship with somebody who 
was not any of the factions that are currently at Catmere Academy and were one of the more obscure ones, I feel like she would be more likely to make stupid guesses. But he's literally one of the most famous supernatural creatures in the world. She hasn't guessed it. Instead, she went straight for Alien. I know, he's left because her... Because that's more believable. He's left her clues. He's left her... He He's... He, there's there's the the chessboard there's vampires who left her the copy of twilight he's not eating i mean he ate his strawberry but every time that food has been offered to him other than that scene he's not eating anything she's already said that his skin is super cold he's not wearing a coat at any point in the series i mean alien is just not the conclusion that i would come to <laughs> um uh so old movie references they were they were quoting um yeah which worked so much better than when she was with flint which was like a oh look at the chemistry between her and jackson it's way better than her and flint because they get their own like inside jokes with old movies yeah flint was super offended when she like quoted silence of the lambs he got but then she had to explain it to her like no she had to explain it to him wasn't just that she said the quote and he was offended she said the quote he still didn't understand so she (laughs) she explained it and then he was offended whereas jackson got the reference straight away for not just that film but a few others as well yeah which you know that that kind of that continues on in their relationship where, you know, it's very lighthearted. Everything about them, they're able to joke. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of depth to their joking, I've noticed. Like, they joke a lot, but it's almost like, I don't know. There's no darkness, really. Other than, like, the vampire, they they don't actually touch on any really, like, meaningful topics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they... they they're they're silly back and forth um but they don't get into anything i don't know every time they start getting into some territory that seems like it's going to be like major point of conversation uh talking about grace's past things like that there's some intense staring going on and then is he gonna kiss me am i gonna kiss him are we gonna kiss i don't know and and it never really goes deep into like confessional conversation where they're able to share their stories grace jackson (laughs) (laughs) yeah which you know what you sounded exactly like the audiobook narrator just a grace i'm just channeling my inner batman because we all know that robert pattinson is not the new batman <laughs> yes. so i'm very excited for that um if you guys hear meowing in the background it's because my cat is is forcing himself onto my lap and i don't want him so i keep trying to push him down and then he's screaming down bubba's down he's screaming at me because i won't let him on my lap um (laughs) i record in a sound booth and i don't want him to knock the whole sound booth over um anyway so grace does ask jackson who that sketch remind who it reminded him of because he had said that he bought it because it reminded him of someone and he just immediate was immediately answered you i just didn't know it yet like you you i just you. Didn't, i didn't know it yet you 
Um, so angsty. I've been I've been watching you on on Netflix, <laughs> and oh god, I'm loving it. But now, now, have you, never, have you never watched it before? No, I just started it. It's great. I love it. I love it. I'm like almost done with season two. It um, takes the mech out of all stalker tropes. Oh god, I love it so much. Um, but yeah. It's this whole. I think the, the the first time I read it, it was like really romantic. But the second time read through, I just go, Ugh. yeah. The it's I don't know. It was a really good line. It, it is was a good line. It was a well executed line. Like whoa, what a line! Kind of like pop tarts aren't all I'm hungry for. <laughs> yeah, I I think that it just it causes me to ask questions that I wish Grace would have asked. Like, what do you mean? Like, I would have been, I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's so sweet. I would have been like, what do you mean? Did you, you dream of me? Yeah, you didn't know me. How could you have, you didn't know who I was. We hadn't met until. Slightly creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Um, But they. Definitely they, wouldn't have followed it up with what I followed him with. Um, We didn't even, I, you didn't even note them going out and uh, watching the meteor shower, which was, was sweet. Um. Big. Yeah, sweet sweet is the operative word i think sweet <laughs> sweet it's, it was sweet it was sweet but it was very f- like friend friends friendly um they didn't they weren't like touching they were just kind of standing a little ways apart watching quietly for like an hour of no talking which i i that's sweet that's very sweet um didn't I don't feel like there was a lot of spark there where they're going to go inside and immediately start like grasping each other and making out. It's unless it was just all romantic tension the whole time. But I read it like Grace wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to Jackson in that moment. She was just kind of watching and admiring the the spectacle in front of her. Yeah, but then there was the whole scene with the the, the drawing where she was like. So who does it remind you of? And as a 17-year-old, somebody going, you, I just didn't know it yet. You'd be like, swoon. Swoon. Yeah. But me as a 28-year-old, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Is that the best you could come up with? (laughs) But. I have questions. I was going to say, I mean, knowing spoiler topics, um, but knowing the future, it does, it, it makes more sense. Um definitely some foreshadowing in that line um in later on in uh in crush but so they they kiss and then the ground starts a quaking and shaking um and then literally and figuratively yeah and then jackson just he does his dark black eyes again just like he did <laughs> downstairs after the mark and quinn incident where he orders Grace to just go, like, go, get, you'd have to get out of here, leave. And then the window explodes out of nowhere and glass goes flying. Uh, this was my favorite end for a chapter, by the yeah. way, where she's like, you know, th- where she was running away from Jackson. And then the the chapter ends with, I didn't make it. Like, uh, no, I, I was I was fully prepared to read the next chapter thinking like he has like bitten her. He is over hovering over her body. Um, But that's where we thought she was. She was dead now. And uh, he bit her. And, and now she is a vampire. That, you know, 
I would have been here for that as well. I would have sub- subscribed to that newsletter. I, I would have been all for that uh, alternate reality. But <laughs> we'll, we'll obviously talk a little bit more about what happens there in the next episode. Um, but when that scene first like happened with the broken glass, what what did you think first time reading through that? Um, I didn't know really what know what to make of it because he was really into the kiss, and even even when she was saying earthquake, he was still in the kiss. And let let let's let's just take a a second to congratulate Tracy on um taking adult fiction and kind of shoehorning it into vampire romance because I was there for it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, even after the, the, the earthquake conversation where she's like, Jackson, there's an earthquake. There's a second where he's still into the kiss and hasn't noticed. Um, but then it, that's when he goes feral. Um, so I thought that something else was threatening and that the threat was whatever created the earthquakes and he was getting angry because he knew that something was coming and he was telling Grace to get out because something was going to come into the room and try and take her or kill her or or whatever. Um, Because even when the glass shatters, there's no fear on uh, Jackson's face there's or, or horror or anything like that he just remains to be absolutely furious so I was like well whatever it is if she didn't make it or had her life threatened he can't be the possibly the reason why because he wouldn't still be angry he would be like oh no what have I done yeah it's like oh, he was mad that someone killed his buzz like yeah oh Hudson's here to interrupt us again <laughs> Right, or or Flint Flint's breaking the windows, damn it. Like I, I definitely got that vibe too, that there was another force coming to mm-hmm. interrupt them and he was mad that he had been interrupted, that he that something had come, you know. And he in- was so absorbed in the kiss he hadn't noticed. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's where I was. Um do you want to uh do you want to get into some spoiler topics? Did you like that? <laughs> it was the most lackluster howl I've ever heard. <laughs> we'll replace. Uh, wait. <coughs> In- insert insert weird Halloween moaning uh, sound here. <laughs> there were a lot of those in our in our stock sounds. It was supposed to be like zombie noises, but it really just sounded like an old man trying to get out of bed. Um, I have the feeling that some old man had his uh like bedroom recorded without consent for some of these audio tracks. But anyway, um, so spoiler topics, guys, if you haven't read through all three of the books, you might want to go ahead and bounce out because a lot of the discussions that we have go all the way to covet. And you can always re listen to these episodes later on, but let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Amber, I see your first point. (laughs) I'm just yep. going to go ahead and let you have that one because obviously with the bold the 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 caps locks you you've <laughs> you've got some passion for this. Yes. Um so I have written seriously though there is no chemistry between these two. Hudson is fire. <laughs> yeah. Um the just the way that they're speaking is very friendly. 
it's very friend zoney talk um is they're not marriage material they're not talking about the the difficult topics um they're not being honest with each other they're very um not they're not very forthcoming with their own emotions i, I obviously know that they're very early on into their relationship they don't quite know each other yet um grace knows that she's essentially being lied to she just doesn't know what she's being lied to about um but just the way that they interact with each other there's something lackluster about it there's it's a bit of a flop um but when she obviously meets hudson and has that conversation with her that's when you see that flip-flop to sudden chemistry and um discussions actually meaning something um so it was nice to read reread it and really get that feeling that yeah jackson just wasn't for her and i I remember reading it the first time and just rolling my eyes going "Ugh, i hate him but now i realize that that was kind of maybe deliberate (laughs) yeah here's the thing i i feel like this is almost a scenario that hopefully everybody gets to feel in real life where you have someone and you think it's love like for first time readers first time reading this i thought oh they're so in love like this is so cute they're very much in love until you read real love real chemistry and then you realize Mm -hmm. wow this was so dull now rereading it it feels very dull like it's still exciting it's exciting when a boy is broody it's it's exciting when there's that like darkness and that mystery but you can't you can't survive on that alone forever there has to be comfort later on otherwise you spend your entire relationship uptight and uncomfortable and not knowing what the other person is thinking and that stops being cute after like i don't know a couple months um yeah if that i i you have to have that honesty and full transparency and the ability to communicate which grace and hudson have they talk about everything together they literally talk about everything they're in each other's heads yeah and grace talks to hudson where you know with jackson she doesn't really voice a lot of what she's thinking she keeps a lot of it to herself Mm -hmm. hudson really helps her break out of her out of her hudson ignites her Um, i just like he he makes her into the best she can be because he fuels her fire Whereas Jackson is very much a handholdy person or like a sit sit down and let me take care of it. Um, which might have been Grace while she was grieving, but it might not have been Grace before he met her. Um, and yeah, I, I just, Hudson makes you feel all of those feelings because everyone deserves someone to be like that for them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a partner. It can be a best friend. It can even be a parent. But the fact that he is her lover as well makes it all more consuming, but in a good way, because he's not just looking after her. He's igniting her. Yeah. And I love that you had pointed out that that she, 
constantly talks about never being enough for Jackson. Like I'll never like mm-hmm. I, being out, not even in his league, not cool enough to even be in his room. And she doesn't, she never sees herself as like an, an equal to Jackson in terms of like their relationship. Now, later on in crush, when she's, you know, trying to learn how to really harness her magic and learn how to fly, she does get upset at Jackson for not believing in her, but she still isn't 100% confident in them. She doesn't see them as equals. She still puts him on a bit of a pedestal. And yeah, yeah. she she never thinks that she's unworthy of Hudson. And I think that that starts because she starts off looking so lowly like at him. She She looks down on him. Um, which, you know, I, I think that we've all had a situation like that. It's probably not anyone's proudest moment, but there's been someone who you kind of (laughs) thought badly about until you met them. And then you realize, wow, what a fool am I for, you know, listening to hearsay and actually not taking the part that this person is a real person. They probably are a lot more than their, their book cover. Right. Like I've had I've had a lot of people that everybody was like, oh, you know, stay away from this person. Like they're a freak. They're a loser. They're a dork. Like you're going to if if you start hanging out with them, it's going to start reflecting on you. And then, you know, you meet the person and you're like, wow, this is a genuine person. Um, and likewise, you've had a few Leas in your life. As well. Yes. The the ones that you think are a genuine person and they turn out to be a evil, evil uh manipulative insert insert word here insert word here yes which you know i i i don't really feel that way about leah because i know that it's she was acting out of love for hudson because of his influence on her i don't think that she was fully in her own head um and i think that there and was, she was grieving yeah and she was she was grieving so i can understand it not that it justifies it but i can also understand why she behaved the way that she did. Yeah, I don't think Grace ever has that conversation with herself or or the, any of those thoughts that um, what Hudson is offering where he's saying like, I am your mate um, or anything like from the moment in Crush where she discovers that he, he's her mate all the way through cover. She never has that idea in her head that she doesn't deserve him. Um, and... I don't think Hudson does either. He, he in fact is like, I love her, but I'm willing to sacrifice our, our relationship if that means saving Jackson. And if that's what she wants to do, then she, she has to, but he, he never's like, I don't deserve her. So I'm going to do some self-sacrificing behavior and some self-depreciating behavior, like thoughts to make myself feel lower than, the, than I am. Um, because I never feel like I'm worthy of this relationship like neither of them have that toxic idea in their heads um which is nice to read <laughs> yeah it's not like it's not like the like jacob and bella in eclipse like the bella having to kiss jacob to keep him from going and getting himself like killed in a fight there's that type of i mean yes there is a lot of toxicity but it's intentional toxicity within crave that we as the reader are supposed to be able to identify i think it's tracy Mm -hmm. sending us a message as to like this you know this seems sexy but it's not acceptable um yeah it's very insightful and i think that there are a lot of really good lessons hidden within the books um whereas you know twilight is a 
though I love it, though I love that trash, it is trash. Um, and <laughs> I, it is my trash, but it is trash and it does not. Uh, it, the thing about Twilight is I love it so much, but I will not allow my daughter to read it until she is much, much older. And I will likely w- allow her to read Crave whenever she feels that she would like to. Um, because I feel that it is a much better series for a young adult to to read. Or for a teenager, a child to read. But, um, you, <laughs> looks like you have one more, <laughs> one more on yeah. the list. <laughs> it's a direct quote, um, which just made me giggle. And it was, I can no more deny him than I can jump off this tower and fly under my own power. <laughs> <laughs> which is great foreshadowing because she absolutely is able to she just doesn't know it yet yeah i mean i wonder what would happen like would instinct kick in in that moment if she were to be like because i mean obviously it kicks in when hudson is swinging that sword at jackson she's able to transform if she were to like fall off of the tower could she in that moment transform like a little baby pigeon, like just throwing itself off of yeah. the castle and just going, ah, oh, I have wings. No, I think that Jackson would have saved her before she'd even had the chance to see. And everything would be solved because then she would know that there are no aliens at Catmere Academy, Academy. Have you ever seen those um those Reddit threads where it's like, name a, a movie or a book where if one single thing was like, one single piece of information was told or one single thing happened or didn't happen, then it would remove the the need for the rest of the trilogy or the rest of the franchise. And I think that like, it would have been, they go through the doors of Catmere Academy, Uncle Finn sits her down and goes, Grace, you're a gargoyle. Full stop. End of series. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I mean, he didn't know she was a gargoyle at that point, but it just, Grace, you're at a monster school. You, I'm a warlock. Your cousin's a witch. Your, your dad was a warlock. And uh, everybody's going to be a little bit salty that you're here for a little while, but it'll be cool. And if anything bad happens, you come tell me and I will kick their asses. Like, that... And if her parents said the same as well, by the way, we made this weird pact. Um, at some point, you're going to meet your mate, okay? But he's not your real mate. We just made sure that you would actually mate at some point. I know that sounds weird, but just stay with me. <laughs> yeah, stay as long as you stay away from him and he never has to meet you, then you'll be fine. I think that we'll that- both be miserable forever. <laughs> I Really, I think that that was the objective was that they had to sign Grace over. That's kind of like what I got out of the- um, which is court bonus chapter was that they kind of had to say like save grace by kind of signing her over through a deal with the blood letter to be mated to Jackson, but they got her away from the magical like world in order to keep her from that so that it would never come to that. It would never come to her having to be mated and be exposed to that world that that's kind of how i interpreted it wouldn't she always be unfulfilled in her relationships that way um like imagine imagine being you being you now and you have your daughter taylor and you have signed a thing to say that she can never fall in love and that's not a rule that you have set 
but that is just a genuine you have removed the possibility of her ever falling in love with anybody ever in the way that she's supposed to yeah i can see that that's a really was, bad thing for her parents to have done <laughs> yeah i was seeing it and you know what's i i constantly get the rules of the crave mating bonds mixed with the rules of a court of thorns and roses mating bonds um, because with a court of thorns and roses, it's like you you can fall in love with somebody else. It's it's totally possible. It's just it's it's different when it's when it's your mate, and you can form you can form a mating yeah. bond with anybody. Sometimes it just takes time, but this this universe seems to be very much different. And as Grace's and Jackson's. Uh, mating bond seems to be very much different because it's not a fate-driven thing. It's a pre-negotiated arrangement. Yeah, and it says that Jackson will just constantly be looking for his mate and never find it unless she sh- she turns up at Catmere, which is horrific. Yeah, I wonder if uh, I wonder if her if Finn knew that. I mean, I, I think he does because he doesn't. He even Jackson said like Finn wouldn't be happy about them being like together. So, all right. Do you want to move on to fan polls and fan question of the week? We actually did two fan polls this week. So uh, you want to read the first one and I will get those uh, answers pulled up? Yes. So have you ever witnessed a meteor shower or a falling star? Have you? Um, I must have seen a meteor shower a few years ago uh my husband actually took me to a field um in the middle of the night i was so confused he was like let's go for a drive and i was like oh no oh he's breaking up with me (laughs) oh no but um he had made a thermos of hot chocolate and um he had bundled me into the car and then we just went and found like a farmer's field that we definitely was not allowed to be in and um we sat there and we we watched the the meteor shower it was very lackluster um it wasn't it wasn't as good as it would be in alaska um but it was really really nice and romantic and i it is stuck in my head but i was freezing oh what about what about you um i have gone outside during meteor showers um but it's never been like what you expect it's never been you know was that a plane or was <laughs> yeah it's like what I, was that i mean i think tracy kind of described it well because it wasn't like she talked about it like starfall in um a court of thorns and roses no. like it wasn't a constant thing it was a star did not fall into your cleavage or hit you in the face. No, it wasn't like a constant like raining of them. It was just like a couple here and there, which is how it is. You have to really look for them. Um, mm-hmm. But most people, uh, according to our polls, have not. 75% said no, that they have never witnessed a meteor shower. Come on, world. We need more, please. Yeah, we give us more meteor showers, world. I think that it really depends on where you are. Because first of all, um, light pollution. If you live mm-hmm. in an area with a lot of pol- light pollution, which I do, um, I live in Ohio. 
uh, near some pretty big cities. And I also live near a military base and a sports arena with very, very big lights that are on all the time. So the sky never gets black. You never get a, like a dark pitch black sky. There's always a little bit of color to the sky um, at night here. You have to actually drive somewhere to find complete darkness. The darkest that I've ever seen the sky is when I went to Gatlinburg. Um, My husband and I stayed out in the mountains and it was as dark as it could possibly be. It was, it was just pitch black. (laughs) Um, And then I, and I saw more stars than I think I've ever seen before. See, um, because we we live in quite a rural countryside town. I mean, we could drive in ten minutes in any direction, and we can be in a place with no street lights, no light pollution, or anything. But clouds, ugh, bloody England and its weather, just it clouds all the time. Like there's always like a lunar eclipse, or um, oh, like the you know the like blood moon or any of those really cool yeah. space oddities that are really cool to watch and you're just like ah oh, oh i can't see it there's there's clouds on the way um but another thing is timing as well that if if you don't know ahead of time that there's going to be one i'm most likely asleep yeah yeah and and i always miss it i'm i never or forget <laughs> I see it the next day. I'll see like everybody post about it. And I was like, oh, that was last night. Yeah. And some like really good local photographer has got a picture of it. And you're like, well, that's better than staying up for the real thing in the cold anyway. So like whenever there's a lightning strike or anything, like a big like thunderstorm where we are, like I always miss it. And I love thunderstorms. But seeing the photographs after of people like sending up like their drones and things because they're crazy people. Um <laughs> That's always really good to see rather than just like trying to stay awake to watch it and then miss it. What about uh what about earthquakes? You're not on any fault lines, are you? Not by any stretch. <laughs> nothing nothing remotely like an earthquake has ever like no. I don't I don't, I don't think I've ever been anywhere because I've I've traveled uh, around a lot because I I did languages for university. So I lived a little bit in France. I lived a little bit in Spain. I even lived a little bit in Italy. I've been to Germany. But none of those places are on a fault line either. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Occasionally, Ohio will hear about, uh, you know, there was an earthquake today, but I've I've never felt one. It's it's something that is so minuscule that you don't even you don't even feel it. And then I lived in California for six years, which everybody talks about the earthquakes in California and everybody jokes that California is going to break off and float away. Um, <laughs> but even living there, there were lots of earthquakes. I didn't feel any of them. I've, I've never actually felt an earthquake. Um, and maybe you just have really strong legs and you just don't it, even notice the wobbles. It's my thunder thighs are able to, the, you, you never miss leg day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm holding, m- the the whole ground still with my thunder thighs. I am the reason that you don't feel earthquakes. It is me. You can <laughs> you can send a cash donation my way. Um, I think that we would feed fill them in our boobs though, like one hundred percent. If we were down an earthquake, we would like like oh, okay then. Yeah, I yeah. You know what? Insert earthquake sound here. I, I don't know if we even have. Have a- you ever been on a wobble board? 
Oh, oh no, but I've, 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 that's what I'm imagining it's like for you. I've <laughs> laughed at people. Like, I've laughed at people on them, but no, I have not. They're really horrible to be. I hated the minute that I was on there. It was it was awful. I didn't know whether I hated it or loved it. You know, when you sit on the back seat of a bus and you're like, am I enjoying this? I don't know. I feel I feel too vibrated. I don't I feel out of control. Why do my lips um, itch? <laughs> yeah, it's just a really sick like I really hope no one's watching. <laughs> like my whole body's just going Brrr. Yeah. We uh you know our audience is actually almost right down the middle. It was 48% of our audience has experienced an earthquake and 52% has not. So I think that it all just depends on where you live. Yeah. It's like tornadoes. We don't have those. What we have like is like water spouts, you know, when you see like the tiny little spirals appearing from the cloud. Ah, but yeah. that's as far as it goes. Um, hurricanes, again, we do have hurricanes, but they're not nearly as severe as, especially the West Coast and the East Coast. Like We know that you're right off the Atlantic, so you're going to get them. Um, but being an island, normally things that would get to us have dissipated by the time they, they reach our coasts. Um, forest fires, we don't have those really. Um, and if it if it is, it's pretty much a bonfire where it's like so, so small that it doesn't catch anything and everything is so wet that it can't catch. Like even our animals are rubbish. I sent you a picture of a hedgehog the other day. Yeah. A kind of baby hedgehog was just roaming around in my front garden. And I was like, oh, this is cute. You were like, I would take any of our animals and swap it for a baby hedgehog right now. <laughs> oh, man, I just saw someone giving three hedgehogs away, like pet hedgehogs. And I oh, like I, the pygmy ones. Yeah, I begged Mark. I was like, oh, please, can we get hedgehogs? He's like, no, our animals will eat them. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I've been through. So forest fires definitely been through uh, that, though I they were just so close that we almost had to evacuate and the sky just smells like beef jerky like opening a fresh bag of beef jerky why because of all like the, the smoky yeah it just that's what it's not like literal like you found burnt cow no it i mean it there are it there definitely are burnt cows but yeah it's, oh but our our military base did controlled burns where they would burn all the fields around the base and char them black because fire is not going to spread. I mean, you know, the whole lay down in the fire story. Fire is not going to spread if there's nothing f to feed it. So if you burn the area around, you know, homes, the fire will stop and you basically create a moat around the homes um, if you burn the area. A moat sounds much more appealing. Oh, yeah, it would be. But fire can travel over rivers, so it actually... Can it? Yes. Yes. But Pokemon. <laughs> but Pokemon. No, fire, fire, the wind can sweep it um, over, and California was so dry that it, it one little ember floating would catch the other side on fire. So we've done that, and then two years ago we had a... A uh, tornado rip through our town, and Amber, when you come here, you'll see that there's still a little bit of damage even two years later. Um, but nothing you'll have to worry about. Amber's going to be coming from the UK to Ohio next month, and uh, there is no bad weather in November other than rain. That's a very summertime, springtime thing. Um, I'm most excited about the raccoons. Okay, 
You're going to see a lot yes. of them dead on the side of the road. You probably won't see any live ones. I want to see a live one. I want to see a little trash panda. We don't have them. There's so many of them dead. They're everywhere dead. You'll see 10 of them dead on the side of the road, but you might not see any alive ones. Um. Okay. So I really liked our question of the week. Our question to you guys, this is where we ask you a more thoughtful question. We want you to really give us like an in-depth answer. So this week, um, we asked, what was your first kiss like? Amber, there's some really good responses here. Um, before we get into them, do you want to uh, briefly share like your first, your first kiss? If you remember, um, so my first kiss was in a hedge. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, How I romantic! Was, yeah, I know. I was dating the high school stud. He wasn't the high school. He was like the what do you what do you call like age nine? That's that's high age, school freshman. Is it? Yeah, freshman. Y- age nine. Oh, age nine. I thought you meant age like nine. grade nine. No, um, age nine. I was I was a young starter. Would <laughs> <laughs> be uh that would be uh that'd still be elementary school. So yeah, I was in elementary school and I was dating the well he he asked me out um and his name was George and Ooh, he, George George and um we we had a little like bush that was it was one of those bushes that grew up a lot more than out. So then it kind of created like an umbrella. And um, yeah, he took me under there. And then that's, that's when I had my first kiss. And then a week later, he broke up with me using his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that, that was fun. Um, but my first kiss with my husband, this is, this is another embarrassing story. Did it involve um, a mushroom? No, it did not involve a mushroom. Um, so <laughs> me and my husband met at the wedding uh, that we all know and love. <laughs> With the mushroom. Um, but I went to go back and live in Spain for a month. So we were having a Skype conversations every day just to keep in touch. Um, we hit it off. We knew that we really liked each other, that we wanted to see each other properly um, so he invited me on my first ever date. This is the age of 21. I had never been on a date. Um, I'd never been asked out properly. I'd never been on like, you know, that like really cringy first date. So he obliged and took me to a Chinese restaurant. So we had this Chinese restaurant uh, food and we were flirting across the table and it was great. He asked me to draw something. So I drew on the back of the receipt, <laughs> which he still has in his wallet. Uh, I drew a dragon. Uh, I draw a draw. Sorry, a draw. Um, a draw. And um, we went back to his place, and I was like, okay, well, there's nowhere else to go, so I'm gonna stay here. Um, and we kissed, and we and we made love, and we woke up in the morning, and he told me that I was a terrible kisser. <laughs> the whole time, Amber thinks like, oh yeah, this is magic, and. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, what is she doing? And he was, he's even like brought it up a few times since. And he was saying, you just went so aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, oh. how, uh, what was your first kiss, Starla? All right. So my first one wasn't a real one. Um, my first one was with a girl, actually. Um, 
she we were was it your mom no it was a, in the eighth eighth grade actually i was i was a lot older um i was in the eighth, late bloomer <laughs> yeah i was in the eighth grade and uh she and i kissed to make boys jealous um <laughs> but no, learning early yeah and then my first actual kiss was she was there when I had my first actual kiss. And it was, uh, same grade. Was it directly after? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, the, our efforts didn't, didn't reap me any rewards, unfortunately. Oh, rubbish. But, but it was on the way, it was on the way walking to a youth group. And, uh, I was walking with her and the abusive boy that I was with up until I met my husband. So we he and I were together for six years, but my first kiss was with him. And it was very awkward because it was raining. Um and she was like laughing the whole time. But that yeah <laughs> no. that that was awkward. And then my first kiss with my husband was probably just as bad. Um we were not on a date. I was just picking him up on my way to pick up more friends because we were going to all hang out. And um, I was driving. It was a really icy day. So I was being super duper careful. And as I'm driving to the end of his street, approaching the stop sign, he grabs my face and kisses me while I am driving on an icy road. And I like have to kind of push him away. And I'm like, can we can you wait? Can I stop real quick? <laughs> can I stop the car? Can I put a pin in it? Come back to this later. <laughs> and then uh, and then we kissed and we knocked our front teeth together. And we did that. Oh, no. We did that every time we kissed for like the first month that we were together because we didn't know how to kiss each other. Like our mouths were not accustomed to. <laughs> so... Um, See, guys, it doesn't matter how your first kiss is. It can be as romantic as possible. It could be a real disaster. It doesn't matter. It has absolutely no holding on how your relationship will be afterwards. Yeah. And you know what's great is most of your guys' responses, most of you either say awkward or you haven't done it yet. Kudos to you for all of you who are like, who are waiting I I was in that boat. I waited until I was um a little bit older than any of my friends, though I think a lot of you are much older. So that's even that's even more like restraint because yeah, like I can't I can't imagine how much better like life would have been if I hadn't kissed some of the sleazy boys that like in between because uh the abusive boyfriend and I did break up and I kind of dated other boys like in between but then I always ended up back with the abusive one um see apparently all I got taught was how to be a really aggressive and wet kisser <laughs> <laughs> insert uh, he was <laughs> insert zombie sound here <laughs> um and uh, I brought it up to my husband recently he said oh yeah I tra I trained you I tra <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. We had, um, someone said awkward and way too young. One person said awkward. He was so excited. He kissed my nose. So I was like, <laughs> let's, let's try Aww. this again. Um, one person said horrible. So I don't even count it really. One person said awkward, awkward, awkward. Don't make me remember. Um, <laughs> couple people said cute. Uh, let's see. 
It was my first date with my now boyfriend. We had went for a midnight drive and food. Uh, as we were driving back, a fox came onto the road and he swerved. Luckily, we didn't hit it. We stopped and made some sarcastic, cute joke about saving about saving me. And then we kissed. So there's a well, couple of story. There's a couple cute ones in here. One person said no kisses or hand holding yet. I haven't come out yet uh, to people. So that's definitely a reason not to jump in and start, you know. Also, like, there's also the point where I have um, done, you know, the, the game Truthful the Dare? Yeah. Um, and one of them was a guy that I really, really liked. He was beautiful. He was like a stunning man. And um, it landed on me and him. And um, yeah, we, we kissed for however long we were supposed to, like 10 seconds or something. And he, he finished and screamed, like outright screamed. And I was like, I didn't think I was that bad. What did I do? And he said, all I can think of is that you don't have the same parts that I do and that repulses me. And I was like, oh. oh. And he was like, I am definitely gay. And I was like, oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't that bad then. It was just that I have boobs. Did, <laughs> wait, did you, did you, were you his coming out or? Yeah. Like, oh, you made him realize. Yeah, he was, I am definitely gay. That's happened to me three times, Amber. I have had three different guys that I have dated and right afterwards they came out and I'm like, well, what, I'm so, ha like <laughs> I'm happy I helped you. Yeah. One of the guys that I, um, I didn't date, I just had a, a one night stand with, but he is now going through the transition to be female. Well, that's, that's good though, because I would rather, you know what, I would have rather been like someone's safety while they're uncertain and have them know that yeah. like, you know, I was, I'm not some wretched like meanie who's gonna like talk down on them because I'm still good friends with, with all of them. In fact, the ones who have come out, I've, are like the only ones that I'm still friends with because they're the only ones I feel safe talking to. The other ones all turned out to be like psychotic crazies. <laughs> The other one, I mean, my, my, yeah. So any way we can help. Anyway, if if we can help, you know. Um, someone and said, don't come out until you're ready to, because I think that you have to be ready to have that conversation over and over and over and over again. You, you can't just say it once and then it's done. Yeah. It's a conversation that you have to be prepared to repeat for the rest of your life. Um. Because people are very ununderstanding. Ununderstanding? Is that the word? Disunderstanding. Not Anti-understanding. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like, if you're if you're ready and confident enough to just keep saying it, then you know that you're ready to come out. Or just find your trusted friend. Everybody everybody needs to have that that person that they can talk to. Because it's also, it's not good for your own mental health to not be able to tell somebody. So just having that champion for you. I have a... Uh, on Flint Fridays, uh, we talk about the Trevor Project and we kind of advocate for the Trevor Project and the hotlines and the chat lines that they have available for, I believe that the ages are, I think it's 13 to like 23. I might be off. Um, but if you are in that age group, uh, the Trevor Project is a way that you can, you know, receive help and, and talk. But it's always good to have a champion. And that's one of the things on Fridays we have a, um, 
every few Fridays I do a segment of how to help a friend who is coming out. And one of the notes on there is just offering to be that champion, you know, offering to be the person that they can literally tell anything to and you will be able to, you know, listen to them without giving input to. I think that another uh, another cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be able to relate to them because if you, especially if if you yourself are, you know, identify as straight, you probably can't relate to what they're saying to you. So just just being able to listen without, you know, giving that feedback, I think is very important for for anything. I think that anybody who's struggling with a unique problem that you do not also have in your life, trying to not butt in and talk about your how you can relate to it if you can't, because you likely can't, and that's likely not what they need. They just need to talk. So, um, um, did you finish the third court book? Court of Thorns and Roses? Yeah. Did you finish the third one? No, I'm like halfway through it. You, you told you, you, because there's a scene, there's a scene there that is very similar. And if you've read A Court of Thorn, be like fair. Yeah. Be like fair. Fairer. Ferrara, 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 Ferrari, Ferrari, um, no, I, Jackson, <laughs> I swear I'm on Jack- grass. I swear I'm almost, I swear I'm almost done with it. I just, uh, I have been caught up, but I will probably finish it this week. Um, I got caught up in watching you, which is a way worse. Um, I thought thing. you meant me, and I was like, wait, what I'm watching you. <laughs> Um, yeah, we had a lot of people say that, that they haven't had their first kiss yet, but for all of you who haven't yet, um, don't, don't rush into it because you, you know, more times than not in our responses that we received, most people say that it was awkward, it was cringy, and they wish they could take it back and give it to somebody else. Um, so, you know, just make sure that you're happy with it and that you're not- Some people aren't into kissing either. Some people just don't like kissing. Kissing is a very intimate- gesture and sometimes it's not for people but it can be awkward and it can be romantic um and there will be also those flip-flopped between you and your partner even if it's serious as well for the rest of your relationship there will be moments where you kiss each other and it will be like oh we kind of angled that wrong (laughs) or oh your breath stinks (laughs) like oh we've knocked teeth again yeah it will never be perfect all the time, but when it's perfect, it's very perfect. So guys, um, have a fantastic Halloween. This was our, our Halloween episode. I'm was, I was hoping that we could throw in some spooky things, but I couldn't think of anything. So spooky, the spookiness you get is mine and Amber's terrifying, horrifying first kiss stories, but um, (laughs) we can do something spooky for Wingo Wednesday. Um, yeah could be fun let's do that all right guys thanks so much for hanging out uh next week episode is going to be really fun i've i'm sure amber you know what's happening next week uh grace will be realized in the hospital hospital realizing that she has some mysterious bite marks on her neck so i am excited to get into those chapters and we might even get into the reveal of macy explaining to grace what the heck is really going on at catmere a little too late. Yeah, just a little. Just a little bit. She's already been done bodily harm. So, guys, <laughs> th- thanks for hanging out, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye! Bye.